The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Twenty-three. Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll? Councilmember Durhall the third. Member Durhall did indicate that he is on his way. Councilmember Johnson present. Council President Pro Tem Tate. Here. Mr. Chair, you have a quorum present. Thank you. We have a quorum, uh, which means we're now in session. Wanted to let folks know we're going to do the approval of the minutes after that. And so, if you have a question online. For general public comment, if you have a comment, rather, online, please raise your hand now. I wanted to let folks know just a bit of how things are going to go today. Uh, We're going to start off with uh, public comment. I'll let everyone who does have comment uh, have them an opportunity to do so. Everyone will get one minute to do so, both in person as well as online. We will then go to the Community Benefits Agreement, because that's the newest item that has not been um, deliberated uh, at this point before this body. And then we shall take all, after that, all of the items dealing with uh, District Detroit, uh, deliberate on them, and what happens from that point, uh, whether it uh, is they're approved out of this body, or there's a recommendation that's sent out from this body, from this committee today to the full body, or uh, potentially uh, brought back because this is a lot of information, a lot of, uh, it's a huge project. Let me just put it that way. And a lot of reading that folks have to do in the midst of this budget season as well. So uh, what happens uh, after this will be dictated by what the questions, responses, and the need for additional information as we move forward. So just wanted to give folks a better understanding of how today was going to flow. And with that, Member Johnson, is there a motion to approve the minutes? Motion. Seeing no objections, that action shall be taken. Madam Clerk, if you please can also note that we've been joined by uh, Madam President. Good morning, ma'am. As well as Member Waters. Good morning. Good morning. The clerk was so note. Thank you, ma'am. All right. So I'm going to cut off collection of public comments in three, two, one. Collection of public comments have now concluded. All right. We're going to go to first folks who are in the audience and to give you an idea of what we have these are cards in person and I'm sure we have a number of folks who are also calling in as well all right um, we're going to take allow everyone to are speaking to take those first four seats there one two three four when you get to the microphone if it's red push the button at the bottom till it turns green because if it's red we can't hear you if it's green we can we also ask that you stick with the one minute guideline Uh, As a result of the Open Meetings Act, I have to provide everyone the same amount of time. So if you feel that you're rushed, unfortunately, uh, you will have to get those comments in within one minute because I will cut you off whether you're in person or online. All right, our first four. Robin Peoples, Kyra Hardrick, Jerry Flynn Dale, Russ Ballant. Robin Peoples, Kaya Hardwick, Jerry Flindale, and Russ Ballant. All right, Ms. Robin Peoples, good morning. Thank you for joining us. You have one minute. Uh, and everyone, keep your eyes on that clock. And make sure you hit the 
the button at the bottom of your microphone until it turns green. Is Robin here? Is is Robin here? I am. Okay, you you'll be first. Oh, you just turned you just turned it off. <laughs> there you go. Hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Good morning, Council President and members. Um, I'm here to support the Olympia District uh, Detroit project. I'm here um, with Pastor um, Maurice L. Harwick, aka Pastor Mo and the Living Peace Movement. And um, I'm here in support of that. I believe that the city is in a rejuvenating and, and building stage. Um, I believe this project will produce a lot of jobs that will enhance uh, the number of homes that the community um, uh, can uh, take advantage of. And I believe that um, the community should take advantage of this opportunity and share this with the fellow Detroiters. Thank you. Thank you. And once you're, once you're finished with your comment, if you can please leave your seat and allow the individual whose name I'm calling after yours, uh, after that empty seat is filled, um, to fill that seat. So if you can uh, now leave your seat, please, and open it up for Mr. John Love. John Love. It's Kyra Hardwick. The floor is yours. Good morning. Good morning, Council President and the body. My name is Kaya Hardwick. I'm here with Pastor Maurice Hel Hardwick, Pastor Mo, and the Live in Peace Movement. I'm here in support of the Olympia District Detroit Project. Um, the city is in a comeback building stage that produces a lot of good paying jobs that will enhance a great number of homes and the community should take full advantage of every opportunity they are sharing with Detroiters. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Russ Blount, I don't think you heard me, but you're, you actually were next uh, after Jerry Flindale. And Jerry Flindale, we'll let you go. The floor is yours, sir. Hello, City Council. Morning. My name is Jerry Flindale. I'm here with Living Peace Movement as well. I'm in support of this project. For far too long, as a former appraiser of 17 years, the concentric green theory that we have in Detroit is totally screwed up. You know, we have this economic obsolescence that need to be correct, and this project will get the city back on track where we need to be. It's a lot of businesses that need to be or thrive off of this. It's a lot of paying jobs, well-paying jobs that will help out citizens, and we need a thriving downtown. I don't know how anybody in their right mind could think that we don't need a downtown in Detroit that's going to be the core of the city. Nobody's coming to Six Mile to, to visit Six Mile, Eight Mile, or anywhere else. That's all I have to say at this particular point, and thank you all for letting me speak. Thank you so much. Taking the empty seats will be Ms. Linda Campbell, as well as Nicholas Pulsini, I believe that is, and I apologize if I mispronounced your name. Next up, Russ Ballant. The floor is yours, sir. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chair and uh, honorable members. The uh, uh, Debra spokesman, uh, told an audience uh, recently that this project, uh, the construction is going to be uh, financed by the developers, and then when it comes time to uh, start repaying the project, they're going to have the taxpayers uh, uh, covering the costs. 
once the project is done, they're going to have customers, they're going to have tenants, they're going to be selling uh, uh, and leasing and uh, doing commercial activity. That should generate the money for the repayment instead of turning to uh, $600, $800 million of taxpayer money to repay. How many homes in Detroit do, do the public taxpayers pay for once they, somebody else puts the down payment on it? This is immoral. Looting our schools again. They can't sell bonds because of the tax captures. You're making it worse for our schools, and they will not be repaid according to the school board members that I've Thank talked you. to. Thank you. Taking the empty seat, Nicholas Newberry. John Law, the floor is yours. This is a nice way to start the morning. I'm glad you were able to get up. I don't know how you go through all of the uh, trouble that you go through to do this. I talked to my uh, cousin who is a president of a bank, and he said, number one, offices are overwhelmed and people are working from home, so this project is a waste of money. Uh, I looked at the occupancy rate in Detroit, 60%. They're bringing on 800 new rooms currently under construction, so we need some more. Then look at the record of deception by Illich's team. The 50,000 tickets for children of low-income families, I'm sure you all passed those out. No, you haven't. I see right here that Detroit Life was a commitment that they made that they never honored. Uh, I have a picture here. You're running out of time. Jim. I know. Okay, here it is. 2005. Thank Unfinished. you so much. Thank Why you. don't they finish what... Thank you, Mr. Love. I'm taking the empty seat. Desiree Tirla. Desiree Tirla. It's Linda, Linda Campbell. The floor is yours, ma'am. Good morning, uh, council members. I'm Linda Campbell. I'm with the Detroit People's Platform and the Equitable Detroit Citywide CBA Coalition. As many of you know, we have worked hard and fought for equity in development in the city. We were the ones who organized and brought the CBA to the ballot in 2016, along with the support of some of our council allies. I'm here this morning to speak about our disappointment and disapproval in the CBO process and the resulting CBA agreement. We believe that the NAC failed to represent the interest of those living in the impact area who will be most harmed by this project. And those most harmed will be senior citizens and households with women and children because they will not be able to live in studio and one-bedroom apartments priced double their monthly income. We ask for a contribution to the Affordable Housing Trust Fund. Thank you. We were rebuffed. We believe that that's a reasonable request in a community benefit agreement. Thank you, Ms. Campbell. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, taking the empty seat will be Theo Pride. Uh, Nicholas Pulsini. Good morning, council members. Uh, my name is Nicholas Pulcini. I'm a student at University of Michigan-Dearborn, and I'm also with Project Destined. I support the District Detroit project because I believe that it will bring about thousands of well-paying jobs that the city desperately needs, and the investment will also help 
many businesses in the area thrive to where they can get back to what Detroit once was. Thank you. Taking the empty seat will be Jacob Moore. Nicholas Newberry. Hi, my name is Nicholas Newberry. Uh, I, go to the, I go to Wayne State University, and I support the District Detroit Development Plan. The spending and infrastructure is going to allow for a lot of long-term sustainable economic growth. Uh, this development is going to make Detroit much more competitive in the long run with other major cities when it comes to jobs and the talent market and then also overall economic activity. Um, and it seems like Stephen Ross wants to help make this happen. I mean, he's going to donate a large portion of money, and there's really no reason we shouldn't take this money for the DCI, at least, for that portion of the development. Thank you. Taking the next seat will be... Jonathan Farley. Desiree Ter Terla, the floor is yours. Good morning, City Council. My name is Desiree Terla. I'm a uh, sophomore at Wayne State University with Project Destin. And I support the Detroit District Development. It brings re uh, redevelopment to the city of Detroit and really provides local residents an opportunity to open and grow their small businesses, allowing them to provide a stable life for their family that they themselves may not have had growing up. It would bring in massive amounts of tax revenue, not only for the state of Michigan, but for the city of Detroit, uh, Detroit totaling roughly $751 million. And as a first-generation student, I was allowed the opportunity through Project Dustin to learn more about the development and real estate uh, scene and to set my foot into a space that I may not have otherwise known about. After hearing about the vision Olympia and Related have for the city, I fully support the District Detroit development. Thank you. Taking the empty seat, Pastor Mo. Theo Pride, the floor is yours. Good morning, Council. Of course, those people who just spoke support it because the project is for them. Um, I would ask this body to take a serious look at the job numbers in the District Detroit deal. The fiscal benefit to Detroit is largely contingent upon office space creating new jobs. Every economist have said office work will never return to pre-COVID levels and office vacancy downtown is high. Best case scenario is Olympia gets tenants, but only by pulling them from existing building, buildings in the area, thus creating no new jobs and no new income tax revenue for the city. So Olympia gets their rents, but Detroit doesn't get their income tax. All the data tells us that this is the most likely scenario. Also, we don't get the jobs. Detroiters don't get to drive jobs. You can drive past any construction site and see we're not employed there. Stats show Detroiters only hold 25% of the jobs in the city, so most employment is going to the suburbs, and state money is still public money. We pay into that. 75% of all the, the, the state budget is spent on education and human services. We need those programs to lift us out of the conditions that we find ourselves in. Thank, Thank you. you. Taking the empty seat, Linda Farley. Jacob Moore, the floor is yours. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Jacob Moore. I'm with Pastor Moe and the Living Peace Movement. I am in full support of the Olympia District Detroit Project. Um, I'm a building engineer down here in Detroit. Um, I actually see the tenants coming back to work, so I don't believe offices will be empty. I believe that the buildings will be occupied, and I believe as a homeowner, my neighborhood will become um, better, and um, people will better to have better paying jobs, they'll be able to put money into their homes and that will raise the neighborhood's value. So I'm in full support of it. I'm born and raised in Detroit and I believe we take advantage of every opportunity we can to make the city better. Thank you. Thank you. 
taking the empty seat will be Brittany McGee. Jonathan Farley, the floor is yours. Good morning, uh, City Council. Uh, it's a pleasure to be down here. My name is Jonathan Farley. Um, I'm here with the Live in Peace Movement. I'm also the owner of Access Point Towing in the city of Detroit. And uh, I have been speaking with Pastor Mo a lot about this project. He has been um, sharing with me information where it will uh, begin to benefit myself and Detroiters. And so I am uh, with this project. Thank you. Thank you. Taking the empty seat, Ahmad Doody, or Dowdy, excuse me. Pass the mode, the floor is yours. Uh, excuse me. Is there any way I can come back and do my comment? I gotta, I gotta, we we got to go in. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, morning, pres uh, Council President and uh, Council Body. Uh, you know, I've been here several times. Uh, it's, it's go time, Detroit. Let me just say this. It's go. The city, I've never seen the city so excited about safety at the mayor's speech about raising the safety and about jobs and economy. And uh, it's time to put our flag in the sand. We've got to pick begging for welfare, begging for uh, worrying about uh, what we don't have and worrying about what we're going to get into this. I want to be a part of the bill. I want to be a part of the helping to make sure those jobs get to Detroiters, those construction jobs. I want to get with the unions, and I want to help make sure Detroit get apprenticeships and get to these jobs and make sure we get to be a big part of the, the business and the jobs and the living around. I want to help make sure this deal is kept on the a, on a up and up and go and go. So uh, it's time for us to build Quit complaining, and let's get in and make sure our kids have some uh, out of this 30 years from now. What we do now will demonstrate what they have in 30 years. I think it's time to go. Thank you. Taking the empty seat, Devin Hanush. And again, I apologize if I mispronounced your name. Linda Farley, the floor is yours. Linda Farley. No Linda Farley. Okay, uh, Brittany McGee. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany McGee with Project Destin. Uh, I am here to speak in support of District Detroit. As a young adult in the city, I'm 100% invested to see how the future would develop through the housing opportunities, the job opportunities, along with the $167 million of benefits that will go into the community. As a lifelong resident in Detroit, grow, grew up and born and born and raised in Detroit, I'm super excited to see um, the outlook in, in the future, just in terms of jobs, opportunities, um, the University of Michigan Innovation Center, and see how that will grow and develop the city to what it can be um, as it relates to being able to compete with other cities and just in general seeing the city grow. That's important to me. That's important to all the students that are here with me today. Just having a safe uh, future that is built economically so that we can thrive uh, in our future. So thank you very much. Thank you. Taking the empty seat, Michael Saad, as well as uh, Adid Mahidath. Again, apologies if I mispronounced your name. Ahmad Doughty. Thank you, Councilmember. <clears throat> My name is Ahmed Doughty. I'm currently a student here at Wayne State University. I'm also here with Project Dustin. I support the council, and I also support doing the District of Detroit movement, as I believe it can create $170 million in just money to the city of Detroit and create 18,000 jobs. For students like me and people who are growing up for the future of Detroit, I believe that's essential to keep the jobs here and economically grow the city to where what it, what it once was. Thank you. My apologies for mispronouncing your name. Uh, next, taking the empty seat, Theo Robert, uh, Devin Hanush. 
Um, hi, council members, and good morning. My name is Devin Hanash with Project Destin. I'm a senior at Eastern Michigan University, and I support the District Detroit development because Detroit is the future um, city in the country. And with that, we're providing over 18,000 jobs, new jobs and new opportunities for the residents of Detroit, as well as providing new housing and more accessible, affordable housing for the um, residents of Detroit to live here and continue to live here, and also um, providing a huge impact on our education, since education is very important for our newer generations and current students to come. So thank you for letting me speak with you today. Thank you. Taking the empty seat, Gabriella Soko. Uh, Michael Saad, the floor is yours. Good morning, everyone. My name is Michael. I'm a student at Wayne State University here with Project Destined. I support the District Detroit development because of the increased opportunities for tax revenue, jobs, and economic opportunity that will be brought to Detroit to help the city provide increased access to sustainable financial pathways and opportunities for people in the city. Thank you. Thank you. Did Linda Farley show back up? Uh, Linda Farley? All right, we're going to have to uh, allow, if Linda Farley shows up, raise your hand before we wrap up the inside the Committee of the Whole Public Comments. All right, taking the empty seat will be Quentin Johnson. Adid. How do you pronounce your last name? Hit your mic. Madia. Madia. The floor is yours. Good morning. My name is Adid Madia, and I'm a student at University of Michigan, and I'm part of Project Destin. I support the District Detroit development as it will support jobs, revitalize local area, and bring great value to the local community. There is a great need for new housing because of new projects happening, such as Detroit Center of Innovation, supported by University of Michigan, which will bring new people to the city, and this project will help accommodate them and also provide 139 affordable housing options for the local community. Thank you. Thank you. Taking the empty seat, Madison Ashwood. Theo Robert, the floor is yours. Hi, good morning. I'm Thea Robert, and I am a senior at Wayne State University, and I'm also a program manager. Everyone, I'm, I'm sorry, can you stop our time? Feel free to pull the mic a little closer to you because I can't hear us. Some of you have a softer voice. And would the clerk please note that we've been joined by Member Vice Chair Durhall. Madam Clerk? The clerk will sign out. Thank you so much. Okay, I will allow you to continue your time. Thank you. Uh, I'm a uh, program manager with Project Destin and a senior at Wayne State, and I think that this project will bring great value to the students in Wayne and Detroit or going to Wayne State. Um, having the Uni University of Michigan Detroit Center for Innovation here, I think, will provide a lot of opportunity um, for students that want to come stay in Detroit and work in Detroit after. Um, this proposal also equals about $167 million in benefits to the community. Um, and so I think this would be a great opportunity for students especially. Thank you. Thank you. Taking the empty seat, Ms. Masha. Gabriella, uh, the floor is yours. How do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Gabriella Skoko. Skoko. Uh, Thank you. Good morning, yours. Council. I am a student at the University of Michigan. I am, in he I am here in support of the uh, Di Detroit District Project. Um, I do believe it will benefit the education in the area, both across primary and secondary education. This being said, I do want to emphasize the importance of expanding the resources beyond just Cast Tech and making sure that the impact is to Detroit public schools in general and not to, you know, 
prioritizing where those resources go. That's all. Quentin Johnson. Hi, my name is uh, Quentin Johnson, a senior at the University of Michigan. Um, this is my fourth year in Detroit. I'm originally from D.C. And um, projects like this get me excited about uh, Detroit coming in. I really didn't know anything about Detroit originally. Um, and the last four years, I've been able to see the city grow and um, new opportunities and new construction um, like District Detroit really gets me excited about coming in and staying. That's something I didn't really think about at first, but now that I see how the city's moving and uh, growing at a rapid pace, um, it just gets me excited. So I'm here for support. Thank you. Madison Ashwood. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Madison Ashwood. I am a junior at Wayne State University. I'm also here representing Project Destin. Um, I am in support of the Detroit District development just because of the multiple opportunities it's bringing, not only for education, but affordable housing. Um, and I'm just ready to see Detroit grow. As a native Detroiter, I've seen Detroit grow for the last 20 years, and I'm just ready for more. Thank you. And our last speaker in person is Miss Masha. Yes. Hi. Good morning. Thank you very much for having this meeting and for having me here. My name is Olain Masha. I am the CEO of Greenhut and Masha um, Company uh, LLC. So the aim of Greenhut and Masha is to provide um, automated minimart grocery stores in um, major capitals all over the country. So, but in order to do that, we we're seeking funding. As much as I would like to support District Detroit, I think that the project would really work and would be so um, really compassionate if it provided funding to women. Women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, small to medium-sized businesses, um, I think that we're really lacking in access to, um, to, to retail space in the city of Detroit. In developing countries, women are the backbone of the economy. We have grandmothers, mothers, single parents, single mothers Thank you, who really can contri contribute to um, the economy Thank you of so Detroit. Much. So Thank you. we're looking forward to access. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, I did have one hand from uh, Cindy Dara. She did have her hand raised on Zoom, but she showed up. Now, Ms. Dara, before you begin, I'm only allowing this because I want to give you that one minute. If we have any interruptions, we will never do this again. I'm letting you know that now, okay? The floor is yours, ma'am. You have one minute. Please sp uh, spend some money. Oh, shit. Just, just a minute. Get rid of the uh, parking authority and get some parking apps at work. I couldn't. I had to go to a paid lot. Finally, I gave up trying to put the parking in. Um, I think this is monopoly. It reminds me of the Sherman Antitrust Act that was supposed to stop monopolies, but this is kind of the way the whole thing, you just give all this, uh, these people tax breaks and property and re reimburse. I remember, now you aren't, a lot of you don't know this, that was $38 million, I think the city council reimbursed Illich to go around and buy up properties. So the whole thing has been going on since the Tiger Stadium. Too bad Monaghan didn't keep the tires, but okay. Well, anyway, uh, also I think there's a violation of the. Uh, Thank you, Miss Dar. Thank you, Miss Dar.
Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Earl. Thank you so much. All right, we will now go to our comments online. Good morning, Mr. Singletary. Good morning, Mr. Singletary. How many callers do we have and who do we have first? Good morning, Mr. Chair. Uh, via Zoom, we have 34 hands raised, first beginning with Ms. Karen Winston. Ms. Karen Winston. Ms. Karen Winston, thank you for joining us. You have one minute, general public comment. The floor is yours. Hello? Hello, we can hear you. Yeah, good morning. Um, I want to, you know, that was, a, that was a crock. I've never heard so many students um, make comments uh, in my years and years of living in the city of Detroit. Naturally, if something benefits you, you're for it. Now, as far as the percentages of, uh, and, and especially new Wayne State students, I mean, you know, most of the Detroiters can't even get into Wayne State University, let alone qualify for any type of low income or, or uh, qualified housing. So we need to concentrate on senior citizens. You know, you heard that you got to crawl before you walk. Time for these young guys to start crawling. But old Seniors, we, we're the people that need some uh, qualified housing. We're the ones that need tax breaks. We're the ones that need some attention here. Not up and coming, uh, you know, uh, techs and not uh, old millionaires, billionaires. Think about your senior citizens that you walked on for the last 30 years. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Black Jesus. Black Jesus, thank you for joining us. The floor is yours. You have one minute. Okay, there is precedent in the city of Detroit for the stopping and halting of illegal municipal bond payments. Crafty Mike knows what I'm talking about. Y'all might not know, but Crafty Mike knows. Now, Crafty Mike and Crafty Conrad done hit perfecting church and Bishop Winers with a lawsuit claiming they're a nuisance in the community. Yet two white control entities, related companies, and Olympia Development just received three $20 million plus loans at 1% interest for their project, yet they hit the path, the bishop and perfecting church with a lawsuit claiming they had nuisance because of some tall grass and maybe a, a broken fence. This straight BS. N-words in the city of Detroit need to withdraw all support for this project immediately until this matter is rectified with the bishop and perfecting church and crafty Conrad and crafty Mike get a word. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. Broderick Wilkes. Broderick Wilkes, the floor is yours. You have one minute. General public comment. Broderick Wilkes, are you there? We'll put Broderick Wilkes at the end of the queue. We'll go to the next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. or Mrs. Kim. Kim, thank you for joining us. You have one minute. General public comment. Okay, I'm Kim Hunter. I'm a lifelong Detroiter. I've been here for decades, unlike some of the students that testified. And I've watched the city make deals over the decades. None of them have produced the benefits they promised. The Illiches have an especially long record of failed promises. The Detroit district is a bad deal. Despite what billionaires, lawyers, and accountants, accountants may tell you the, that the billionaires need this money, they don't need the money. The same, these are the same lawyers and accountants that keep the billionaires from paying what they owe in the first 
place. They cannot be trusted. You're giving them money on top of the money that they've already stolen ethically, legally, but ethically it's wrong. They can do the project with the money that they have. Public money needs to be spent on libraries, buses, people who can't afford their water. There's a myriad number of things this money can be spent on. Don't give it to the billionaires. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. Gaston. I'm sorry, one moment. Mr. Sorry. Pardon me. Uh, the next caller is Mr. Gaston Munoz. Mr. Gaston Munoz, the floor is yours. You have one minute. General public comment. Good morning, honorable body. My name is Gaston Munoz. I'm the president elect for the Detroit Association of Realtors, and I support this project. Um, this is not much to think about. More than 18,000 jobs will be created. Um, not only United States, but the whole world will be looking at Detroit a different way. You know, the broken, the, the broke city, the burned down city, the bankrupt city, all that will be gone. And this is the future. Like I said, the world and the whole country will be looking at Detroit in a different way. So please vote yes, because we need this project to be done. I can't understand how somebody can be saying, don't do it. Any city, any city in the country will be more than happy for this project to be happening there. You know, anybody will give anything to have all this kind of money and this kind of investment bring to that city. So we have the opportunity as a Detroiters. Please vote yes. We need this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. or Mrs. Janae Frazier. Janae Frazier, thank you for joining us. You have one minute, general public comment. Hi, good morning. My name is Janae Frazier, and I am the vice president of the Keep It Clean Block Club. I am in support of the District Detroit development um, because of the benefits that I will bring to the community, and I'm excited for the housing opportunities. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. Mr. Chair, the next caller is Mr. Stephen Howering. Stephen Howering, thank you for joining us. The floor is yours. You have one minute, general public comment. Awesome. Can I be heard? We can hear you. Okay, perfect. Um, I'm here to speak in support of District Detroit um, as part of the NAP. We didn't rubber stamp it like the misinformation and spoo from the Detroit People's Platform. We were a group of concerned residents from all walks of life. and. You know, many of the things on the CBO took lots of intense negotiation. It wasn't some rubber stamp okay, especially getting the affordable housing. And um, I want you to know, this is the first CPO that included public transit. I myself managed to get new bus stops around the Woodward and free fare for employees. I was pretty clear. I wish it included more. And... I'm not a fan of the villages. I, I agree they could be better neighbors, but Stephen Ross is one of the world's top developers. And Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. Richard Hosey. Mr. Richard Hosey, thank you for joining us. You have one minute, general public comment. Thank you. Uh, good morning, honorable body. Um, and, and thank you all for having the foresight and the belief in the city to put in place um, uh, a community benefits ordinance that would assure that 
by the time these projects came before you, they had been had a deep dive with the community and had community approval. So I support the NAC in supporting this project um, and all the benefits that will accrue to the city and specifically that uh, local area. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is the Reverend Horace Sheffield III. Reverend Sheffield, thank you for joining us. You have one minute general public comment. Reverend Sheffield, are you there? All right, now, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Thank yours. you for, for your time. I'm the CEO of the Detroit Association of Black Organizations. I support this project, which will connect downtown with Midtown and its further extended success. We've seen uh, as a developer of properties on Grand River and about to do housing, I understand uh, the need to develop a more equitable distribution of public resources. Uh, and I think what the gentleman just talked about, community benefits agreements and all that will do that. But let's not hold this project hostage to prove that point. That's what you guys do, craft public policy, ensure that neighborhoods that have been overlooked, people who have contributed for 40 years in hopes of a promise uh, that was made that if we develop downtown neighborhoods will follow, that that happens. But I so, uh, wholeheartedly support this project and believe we ought to uh, move it forward. And thank you so much. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Bishop Edgar, Bishop Edgar Van. Bishop Van, the floor is yours. You have one minute. General public comment. Yes, good morning to all. This is Bishop Edgar Van, Second Ebenezer Church in Detroit. I want to go on record with my strong support of this historic development for District Detroit. There's so, so many reasons to do this. The impact on housing the impact on education with the Detroit Center for Innovation, uh, certainly the 18,000 jobs, 6,000 of them that will be permanent. This is the greatest community benefits agreement ever signed in Detroit. Uh, this brings equity to another level uh, in terms of developments here in the city. And I wanted to go on record and urge this August body to ratify this development. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. Cunningham. Mr. Cunningham, thank you for joining us. You have one minute general public comment. Mr. Cunningham, are you there? Good morning. 313-444-9114. And on Facebook, Force of Serbian Cunningham. On Facebook, Force of Serbian Cunningham. Um, I'm neither here nor there as it comes as it regards to this project, but uh, I'm still concerned about public transit is in a very destitute state. I want to talk to other activists, um, something I've been using for years. If I talk to a politician or a meeting, etc., I got a Sony digital recorder that I have, and it has a port where you can uh, put it in the computer, and you can put it on the cloud, such as Google Drive. It's a good equalizer for those that are so slippery, um, but that is a good equalizer using the recorder, and I've been doing so for years. It holds 72 minutes and i want you to pray in the holy spirit pray for me and my mother thank you and with the clerk please note that we've been joined uh, by member benson good morning sir 
right, next caller. Thank you. The next caller is Mr. William Hickey. William Hickey, thank you for joining us. You have one minute general public comment. Mr. Hickey, are you there? Let's put Bill at the end of the queue. Here I am. Oh, there he is. Sorry, I was muted. <clears throat> so good morning. I live in Brightmore. I'm a member of Detroit People's Platform and Equitable Detroit Coalition. This outrageously named District Detroit in reality should be called District Discount. I say this because in the state of the city address, the mayor said that public financing is simply giving $800 million discount to billionaire developers. By any definition, a discount means you're not taking in as much money. It's a distinction without a difference. These billionaires don't need a discount. The mayor further discounted the success of a few black developers in Detroit by referring to them as minority developers. He doesn't seem to know or care that Detroit is majority black city. Finally, the just begun Brightmore framework, like other framework plans around the city, gets peanuts by comparison with District Detroit. We feel discounted. I urge you to stand up to the mayor and vote no on tax credits for district discount. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Miss Betty A. Varner. Betty A. Varner, thank you for joining us. You have the floor. One minute, general public comment. Uh, good morning, uh, honorable uh, council members. I'm in support of the uh, uh, District Detroit uh, program. It uh, allows affordable housing, downtown uh, funding for uh, Detroit entrepreneurs. It provides jobs, monies for our public parks and, and, and uh, public spaces. Uh, there's a real estate uh, program, uh, to my understanding, a training program that uh, Wayne State University and uh, Detroit public uh, students can participate in. Uh, Cast Tech will get a uh, football field, and it's just a great opportunity for our downtown Detroit. But also, I advocate. I'm uh, president of the Soda Ellsworth Black Association, aka DBA, and I'm advocating for our seniors and our. Um, people with disabilities to help us stay in our homes to make them handicapped. Thank you so much. Next caller, please. The next caller is Reverend Roz Boyer. Reverend Roz Boyer, Bouye, thank you for joining us. The floor is yours. We have one minute, general public comment. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Good morning, uh, President Pro Champion. Distinguished, excuse me, excuse me, distinguished council members. My name is Reverend Ralston Bouillet. I am the executive director of the Brightmore Connection Food Pantry with SIS in the community of Brightmore. We see over 1,700 households who the majority are Black mothers with small children who are definitely in need of affordable housing but will not benefit from this deal. I also am the senior pastor of Trinity St. Mark's United Church of Christ and I'm also a member of Detroit People's Platform and Equitable Detroit Coalition. And I'd like to say this is a bad community benefits agreement. The Neighborhood Advisory Committee did not negotiate an agreement that benefits the average Detroiter. Rather, they negotiated a deal that unevenly benefits developers and business interests. Chris Jackson, who is a Jack, who is a developer and the chair of the NAC, made sure developers like himself received $100 million contracts, but decided to take away a small 250000 contribution to the library from the developer. Also, I'd like to say that the Detroiters are going to be asked to be uh, required to, excuse me, they're going to be expected to put their money into this. 
Thank you so much. Our next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. The next caller is Mr. Chris Gilmer Hill. Chris Gilmer Hill, thank you for joining us. The floor is yours. One minute. Hello, can I be heard? We can hear you. Hi, my name is Chris Gilmer Hill. I'm a member of Detroit Democratic Socialists of America, a lifelong District Two resident. I want to oppose this deal and pose the question, who does this terrible deal even benefit? We know from 26 years of experience that throwing money at the Illiches does nothing to help actual Detroiters. And we know that building office space with 75% suburban workers and contractors doesn't do anything to help get Detroit back to work. But it also doesn't do anything to help Detroit students. We've heard from a lot of students today with Project Destin, but I want to stress that this isn't about students versus Detroiters because Project Destin doesn't represent the student body at our great universities. It specifically represents real estate programs, and that's the only group that gets any benefit here. Most of the Detroit student body has more important things to do at 9 a.m. on a Thursday. And to those members who are willing to stand up against those real estate billionaires and a mayor determined to do whatever those billionaires tell him, know that real Detroiters are on your side, not theirs. And we're asking you to demand a better deal that actually makes things better for Detroit. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Ms. Karen Hammer. Karen Hammer, thank you for joining us. You have one minute. General public comment. There you go. Good morning. As a 35-year resident, I don't support the inequitable Detroit District Detroit. Public spending on ordinary people is far more effective policy at growing Detroit's economy. The housing promise for low-income Detroiters is window dressing. Well-paying jobs will mostly bring in outsiders and are not for Detroiters. Tax captures never prove to benefit Detroit residents, but only the already wealthy. Tax captures for District Detroit will further impoverish the libraries and schools. The money that we previously voted for in millages is undercut. This is a, a sham for the majority of Detroiters and the, the neighborhoods and the uh, poverty level will not be addressed by this development, but only those who live in the downtown area. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is surplus must pay for 600 million over taxation. Surplus, the floor is yours. You have one minute. General public comment. Affordable housing task force and, um, and homelessness we're asking that um, you vote this deal down. This is a bad uh, CBO deal. You know it is bad. I've been here 63 years uh, and, and it's not helping our uh, housing, affordable housing or for the homeless. Um, we need $10 million to, to build new uh, low income, affordable permanent housing. And we need our children to be able to go to school this year is a rape of our city, our children, and our homeowners. Remember, you owe us 600, over a billion dollars in illegal foreclosures and illegal uh, taxing. So you need to take care of the people you owe first before you start giving those welfare checks to the illiches. You know that this is a bad deal. And Mary Sheffield, I don't think it's fair that your father get to come in here and you have to vote on this. Thank you so much. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. Frank Hammer. Mr. Hammer, the floor is yours. One minute general public comment. Good morning. Good morning. 
So I'm a 35-year Detroit resident. I'm opposed to the Detroit tax giveaway because the theory it's based on has been demonstrated over and over to not live up to its promises. It's President Reagan's trickle-down theory. We know what trickle-down has created over 40 years. The wealth has gone to the billionaires, while the working class and the majority of black cities like Detroit have been sacrificed. It's under the dire circumstances that this development model creates that Detroiters are left to beg, which is what Illich and Gilbert and Ross understand too well. Contrary to the mayor's claims, Library Commissioner Russ Bellant has made clear that the tax captures will further starve our libraries and schools. As I previously stated, there is a complete refusal to require upfront a net zero emissions development, putting us further behind in regards to climate catastrophe. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is caller ending in 534. Caller ending in 534. The floor is yours. You have one minute. General public comment. Yes. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes. We, oh, hold on one second. We're waiting until the clock gets set back to one minute or two minutes for you. One minute. There's a lag. Well, there you go. The floor is yours. Okay, thank you. No on this public discount for the billionaires. Has anyone done their due diligence? Like, where's the contract on the District uh, Detroit page? I can't see it. Um, for the students, I'm older than you are. You know why lower, the lower Woodward looks so bad? It's because these billionaires were doing site acquisition, acquiring properties. Also, it's absolutely shameful that Bishop Edgar Van came in here and had the nerve to talk about equity when he was involved, his group was involved with the secretly planned development on my block. And this so-called moral leader doesn't even have the courage to speak with me. So, Mr. Van, I'm going to put you in my lawsuit, too, if you don't stop shoving north and landing on us. And Horace Sheffield, that was shameful too. Uh, Brian White, Mary Sheffield's chief of staff daughter, got picked for the Citizen Advisory Council for District 5. But I hear that, that I didn't hear about that meeting. And so have the Illiches checked all their boxes? Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. Quantez Presley. It's Quantez Presley, thank you for joining us. The floor is yours. So let's wait until the clock gets set back to one minute. All right. Uh, good morning, Council. It's a, um, an honor to be here this morning. I do not envy what you all have to do, uh, but I did want to echo uh, the voices of those who are in support of the District Detroit project. Uh, for me, as it being a one-time investment of tax credits that uses zero dollars of the city's general fund uh, provides up to $750 million in tax revenue, over 12,000 jobs and affordable housing. Uh, I believe that it would be a benefit for our community and I encourage this council to support. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Ms. Leslie Andrews. Leslie Andrews, thank you for joining us. You have one minute general public comment. Good morning. Thank you, Council President and Council Members. My name is Leslie Graham Andrews, President of the Castec Alumni Association, by which I am a graduate in the class of 1984, a member of this association since 2006, and president since 2017. I give that resume because I have been present for numerous types of conversations and remedies for some of the maladies that face this school. I represent a constituency that is comprised of stakeholders, alums, students, staff. And uh, we know that the safety of our students over these years, while these plans, these lands have gone undeveloped, has always been in jeopardy. 
um, based on everything that I have read in the community benefits agreement, based on the public meetings I've attended, based on the meetings I've attended for the PTSA and talking to alum, this is, while not a perfect deal, it is a deal worth supporting. And there are other things that we'd like to see going forward, but we are not in opposition at this time. We support. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. Robert. Robert, the floor is yours. You have one minute. General public comment. Good morning, Council. I'm calling in to let you guys know I'm totally against this. Um, we, we've got to stop making these bad business deals as a city. You know, none of these businesses would, would, would allow you to gamble with them. And if you flip the shoes, there's no way that any of these businesses would, would accept the terms or the agreement that you guys are making with this money, especially when we're talking about a gamble. We've got to stop looking at things and saying, well, you know what? It's better than. Let's do some things right. Let's get to the core of the situation. And this right here, it needs to be stopped. If they don't want to finance it themselves, none of our money should go to this. We can't keep painting the outside of something and thinking that it's going to make things better. Yeah, we got a beautiful downtown Detroit. But to make Detroit beautiful, you got to take care of the people. It's, it, 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 it makes no sense to have all this beautiful stuff down here and you've got people that can't enjoy any of it because of the situation. Then it's their money's that is taken from them by force. That that's Thank you. Next caller, please. Next caller is Kevin Szynski. I apologize for the pronunciation. Kevin Szynski. The floor is yours. You have one minute. General public comment. Yeah, hi. So um, my name is Kevin Szynski, a proud member of DSA. I want to make a point that many of the students here today seem to be missing. Um, we're not commenting on approval for development of District Detroit or for the creation of jobs. We're here to comment on giving billionaires $800 million as a reward for blessing working class people, working class tradespeople with work. Um, as a tradesman working in Detroit, I can tell you that every trade is understaffed and booked out for a year or more. Our labor is in extremely high demand already, and we're scrambling to bring in new workers, not new contracts. Um, this project and the jobs it might bring does not rely on public funding. I would ask everyone speaking in favor of this project on their next comment to focus on why the billionaires need $800 million in taxes, not talk about what jobs might be created if we fund it with our tax dollars. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. Next caller is Ms. Carol Hughes. Carol Hughes, you have one minute. General public comment. Thank you for calling. Ms. Carol Hughes, are you there? Yes. Good morning, honorable body. May I speak? Yes, ma'am. Okay. 6.2 is a, a community benefits agreement uh, that we probably yes, need to move forward. No one's. Hello? Yep. You had, you had, you had, you had got Hold on. Stop her time, please. All right. Let's put her back at uh, 50 seconds. Ms. Hughes, your, your, your mic went mute for a couple of seconds there. Can you hear me now? Give me one second, please. Okay. Okay. The floor is yours, ma'am. Well, 6.2 is not complete. Um, the, the didn't even know what a Detroiter was. A Detroiter is more than just someone who with a Greyhound bus ticket with a layover. Uh, we need to define what a Detroiter means, and I would think that it would be five plus you trade. I hear a lot of students coming in saying it's a good deal, but they don't pay taxes. They're not homeowners. We're homeowners, and we're saying that our dollars need to be more scrutinized. Mr. Ross built 
a center, and he didn't do it but for, and he needs to put his own money behind this. And if you look at the trends, office buildings and all of those things are going by the wayside. Interest rates are going up. Building is being become more. Just look at the Amazon deal. What happened to the jobs? What happened to that? Please think about it. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. Mark Munoz. Mark Munoz, thank you for joining us. The floor is yours. Let's put it at one minute. Hold on one second. All right. Mr. Munoz, the floor is yours. Hello, can, everybody, can you hear me? We can. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? My name is Mariano Munoz. I'm actually a realtor here in Detroit, and I'm in support of the Olympia, Olympia Development Project for downtown Detroit. Um, I think it'll make a city, the city a greater attraction, um, you know, showing its growth and everything like that. It'll create new opportunities, especially for those who work in construction and those who just want to put food on their table. Um, so I'm in support of this. I think you should vote yes for this. So thank you, and I yield my time. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Ms. Halima Cassells. Ms. Halima Cassells, you have one minute general public comment. All right, greetings, Madam President and Honorable Body. Per the transformational Brownfield statute, council members have the legal obligation to determine the public good um, of a project. Then that took a contribution to the library off the table. That seems opposite of the public good. Also, the developer has not made commitments for union work or paying living wage. This project may have some positive impact, but we definitely should not pay for it. The Illages own the Red Wings, the Tigers, Little Caesars, Motor City Casino, the casino in Atlantic City, and a bunch of other stuff. They can easily leverage their assets to pay for this. Not to mention the reason downtown looks like it did is because the Illage Group allowed 147 properties to remain vacant, idle, and blighted for decades. I implore you, please vote no and bring them back to the table. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Ms. Sheila. The next caller is Ms. Sheila Cockrell. Cockrell, Sheila Cockrell, thank you for joining us. You have one minute general public comment. So Ms. Ms. Dara, hold on one second. Uh, before we go to public comment, Ms. Dara, if you interrupt the, the session again, I, I will have you removed. Please remain silent to allow us to continue this session. Thank you. Good morning, President Sheffield, Chairman Tate, members of the committee, and council members in general. I'm here to support the tax incentive package for the District Detroit project. As chair of the Michigan Central NAC, I'd like to commend the District Detroit Neighborhood Advisory Council. Our NAC negotiated a great agreement with Ford Motor Company, but the District Detroit Neighborhood Advisory Council has set a new standard for community benefits. But I also think it's important to note and to reiterate that tax incentives do not take money out of the general fund. Tax incentives lead to future revenues for the city. This project upon completion will over time provide $21 million a year to the general fund, a significant increase from the current $249,000 that the city receives from the Illich vacant parking lots. This is a vital project to the city's future. I urge your support to get this voted on as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. or Mrs. Eden Bloom. Eden Bloom, the floor is yours. You have one minute, general public comment. Eden. Hello, Mr. We can hear you. Good morning. 
One moment, please, Mike. Can I be heard? We can hear you. Good morning. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I first wanted to bring up the fact that my public comment was not included in the paperwork that came over from the DBRA. And I've been tracking that and going through there. And I just wanted to bring up that there were many public comments and there's been opposition to this project since it got started. And I wanted to make sure that you all knew that that wasn't properly documented in the DBRA paperwork. Secondly, I'm, I'm, there's a very big disconnect here. This is the largest and worst CBA that the city has seen. And you can see the divide in the city by the folks who are speaking about it here in support and, and the folks who don't want you to do it. And, and really it comes down to who's gonna benefit from it. This project benefits certain folks and they've been getting benefit for the past 10 years now. What we're talking about is the folks who are not. And that's the reason why this public money should not be spent in this way. Please do not do Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is attorney Tanya Myers Phillips. Attorney Tanya Myers Phillips, thank you for joining us. You have one minute, general public comment. Good morning, thank you city council members. I am asking you to vote no on the Olympia development request because it lacks a racial equity focus. This project is already in one of the most gentrified areas of the city. During the knock process, there was a lot of lament about losing the soul of Detroit. A proposed solution to this was to commission a study about how Black people in the Brush Park, Paradise Valley areas were historically displaced and harmed by development. If you approve this today, that's going to be an ongoing study and a repeat of history. This project took no time to critically analyze the long-term impact to Black and Brown people over 30 years in housing, health, and inevitably the displacement of long-term Detroiters living in and surrounding the District of Detroit. When asked repeatedly, the developers have ignored this question. I am asking you to not do the same. We can do better and we deserve better. Please vote no. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. Mike Sand. Mike Sand, thank you for joining us. You have one minute, general public comment. Hello, Mike Sand, Vietnam Veterans of America, Detroit Chapter 9 and Metro Detroit Veterans Coalition. We're here to support the project and to remind you of the service and sacrifice of our thousands of veterans that have stepped up to uh, make our city free. And we've been at the chapter headquarters since 1981, and we truly support the city and all the efforts that have been made to improve it. I'm sitting here with the president of our chapter, Paul Palazzola. He's been involved with the uh, task force in Detroit uh, we have 5,000 people that participate in our Veterans Day Parade on Michigan Avenue. We've been doing it since Detroit was the capital of the murder city. And we are continuing here to provide our support. We just hope that the uh, project represents the veterans and military people that have served for all these years. So thank you for having us. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. and Mrs. Pilar Cote. Pilar Cote, thank you for joining us. You have one minute, general public comment. Hello, good morning. My name is Pilar Cote and I am a tax paying founder and advisor strategist. I do not support the District Detroit uh, project as it would be an ineffective and irresponsible use of funds in a city that is the most segregated metro city in the US. Sorry. 
um, the total public investment requested is 797.75 million. And in a city with an extremely high literacy rate, near 47%, which prevents people from directing their own futures and gaining access to opportunities, um, it's unimaginable that monies would be considered to be given to the, these two, that the Illich and, and the Rosses that have a quantified record of being derelict landlords and negative neighbors, no, this is not effective use of Detroit funds when Detroiters have been displaced by insidious overtaxation. I request that we vote a no, please. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. Landis Spencer. Mr. Landis Spencer, the floor is yours. You have one minute, general public comment. Hi, my name is Landis Spencer. I'm with the Democratic Socialists of America. I'm a homeowner in Detroit District 6. Uh, I urge this body to vote no on this development. This is just a continuation of what we've seen over the last 10 years of a tale of two Detroits. De um, tax breaks like these have promised. They promised us jobs. They promised us a thriving Detroit. They promised us an increasing population. But you look today and our libraries remain underfunded. Our schools are underfunded and the population of Detroit is still decreasing. And so I urge you to instead use that money to invest within the city, to give Detroiters who are experiencing foreclosure a property tax break, not these billionaires who desperately don't need it. I'd also urge all of you to look into the numbers of this project. They are counting on a million square feet of office space in their estimates of $21 million a year going to the general fund. Right now, Detroit has an abundance of office space. So again, I ask, I urge you to look into these numbers and to vote no on this development. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. The next caller is Mr. Alejandro Lopez. Mr. Alejandro Lopez, the floor is yours. You have one minute, general public comment. Uh, do you hear me? We can hear you. Okay, perfect. Good morning, Detroit. We were already talking about the Riverside Park last time. Now we are talking about the new building project. Beyond the benefits, benefits that we already know, it echoes the inclusion in the job house, of which will be permanent. It will also bring income to Detroit for the 30, 35 years and beyond. This will also bring affordable houses, education and training association with the project, retail and local business inclusion, etc. People like South of Detroit remember the bad things happening in Detroit. We had to, uh, we have, we, we make a hard time freeing Detroit name. People who come to Detroit say, wow, that's the difference. Is that be done? These two? Wow, that's what's been there before. The smile that you gave when hear that type of things, it's remarkable. Uh, please say yes to this uh, project. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, please. Mr. Chair, that was the final caller. We are returning to Mr. Broderick Wilkes. Roderick Wilkes, thank you for joining us again. We're going to try you. Are you there? You have one minute general public comment. Mr. Chair, it seems he has dropped off Zoom, so that will conclude public comment, noting there were additional hands after public comment was closed. All right, thank you. This now concludes uh, general public comment. And just for folks who are watching, we have uh, well, this meeting is actually slated for an hour because of the budget uh, that we're in, but because we don't have a committee after uh, this one, we're going to push through. Um, until the budget hearing that takes place at what? Is it twelve? At a, oh, at eleven. Yep. So at eleven. So we've got eleven. That's our cutoff. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to now go to colleagues. If you don't uh, have any objections, uh, is there a motion to move 
to discuss line item 6.2. So moved. Thank you. Will the parties who are joining us today regarding the community benefits ordinance, that is uh, agreement, excuse me, that is before us, please queue up. Let me dropping down again to line item 6.2. So I can officially read it. Let's see. All right. Yep. So this is the community benefits provision for the District Detroit project. Uh, the parties who are participating, we have quite a number of individuals who are here today. Um, the majority are online, but we do have at least one member of the NAC who is joining us in person. Uh, if we will please introduce yourselves for the record. We'll start in the Committee of the Whole. I know we have the chair who's joining us. There you go. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Mr. Chairman, uh, President Sheffield, and to uh, Honorable City Council. Um, I'm Chris Jackson. I'm the chair of District Detroit NAC. I also have two other uh, District Detroit NAC members who are here um, present. Um, I have uh, Mr. We'll Mr. allow them to join you as well, please. Okay. Members of the NAC. And if we can just go around uh, for those who are online, and once the folks get to the table, they can introduce themselves. So those of you who are participating in this discussion, please introduce yourself for the record. Uh, thank you, and good morning, uh, Mr. Chair, as well as the honorable body. My name is Edwina King, Associate Director of Legislative Affairs and Equitable Development for the City of Detroit's Planning and Development Department. Good morning. Next. Good morning, uh, Aaron Goodman, Planning and Development Department, Manager of Community Benefits Ordinance Projects. Good morning. Good morning, Brian Coe with the City of Detroit Law Department. Good morning. Good morning, Malia Howard, Director of Community Relations, City of Detroit. Good morning. Good morning, Nicole Schwartz Freeman, Group Executive for Jobs, the Economy, and Detroit at Work. Good morning. Good morning, Luke Polson, Deputy Group Executive for Jobs and Economy. Good morning. Good morning. Kenyatta Bridges, Executive Vice President, Detroit Economic Growth Corporation. Good morning. Good morning, Kimani Jeffrey, Legis Legislative Policy Division, City Planning Commission staff. Good morning. All right. Is that it for the CBA? I mean, we don't, this is not the entire project, just the CBA portion of it. Uh, so, Mr. Cha uh, Mr. Chair. Yes, ma'am. Um, there are some members of the NAC who um, also are joining us online. We have Eddie Hall. Okay, we're going to search for Eddie Hall and allow Eddie Hall to move over as well. Additionally, we have Stephen Haring. Stephen Haring. We're going to move Stephen Haring over as well. All right. So here we are. Finally, with the, the NAC, we received the report, I believe, on Friday officially. It was referred, so it's pretty new uh, for the majority of the body. Um, and we want to get an opportunity to review it and go through it. Uh, we had a sneak preview yesterday, uh, excuse me, yesterday, last week of the uh, Community Benefits Agreement and would like for us to have a full overview today. As I mentioned, we are on a shortened time frame, so I'm giving 15 minutes for this presentation and allow for Q&A. So who would like to begin with the presentation of the uh, community Benefits Agreement. We, again, have been joined by members of the NAC as well. 
Uh, good morning, uh, Chair. Again, Malia Howard, Community Relations Director. Uh, with your permission, I will begin the presentation. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, we are pleased to be with you this morning in this honorable body uh, to present to you the Community Benefits Agreement for the District Detroit Project. I wanted to briefly highlight um, all of the community uh, engagement efforts that were undertaken by the developer as well as the Department of Neighborhoods. So, sir, we had over 260 stakeholder meetings before we started the CBO, and that was citywide engagement. We had 1,002 people who were engaged during the CBO actual process. Nearly 600 residents uh, were engaged during the DONCAST meetings. We had an additional eight hours of open meetings with the NAC so that they could continue to further advance this agreement and come to a collaboration. Um, and the CBO process itself actually lasted four months. The developer conducted tours seven of out of the nine council members tours with their staff, as well as with handpicked residents that they felt needed to hear this project. And so with that saying, that was over 150 uh, block club constituents or captains. And so with that, I wanna turn this over to Ms. Edwina King, my colleague, who will give you a complete overview of the actual agreement. Before we go there, I think I erred. I would like to go to the NAC um, first and okay. give them an opportunity to kind of set the stage before uh, it's discussed what was actually negotiated. So I will turn the floor over to the chair of the NAC. Absolutely. Uh, good morning. I'll, I'll try to be brief. I know there are others who have other information to share with you. Um, this process, um, I think, was one. Uh, it was a, a, a very informative process for us all. Um, it was... Um, a, a process that, as we went through it, the engagement from the outside community as well as the interaction with the individual NAC members, I thought was tremendous. Um, and that, uh, that we did not have any set expectations other than it was really three things. Um, one, we wanted we did not want to be redundant as to what is already in agreements that your honorable body is negotiating, be it development agreements, be it what is required by ordinance like executive orders or uh, what is already required for affordable housing. We wanted to make sure that it was something in addition to. Um, additionally, we wanted to make sure that we built upon what was done previously with other community benefit agreements. And so we looked at all the other agreements and looked at what the other NACs had done and, and wanted to make sure that we added to that that particular process. And then, and then lastly, um, there were so many great talents that were brought to the table from the individual NAC members, uh, all representing uh, different, um, um, you know, occupations, different age groups, different uh, constituencies. We wanted to make sure that everyone's voice was heard in the room. And so uh, one of the first things that we did after we asked the city, let us know what has already been negotiated so we don't have to tread over that water uh, again. Uh, we went then to the individual NAC members and said, look, can you identify two or three things that are your sort of uh, pet things that you really want to see accomplished in this process? And then from there, we then started to work with the developer as those NAC members identified those things. And so we have, you know, of course, in our cover letter, we highlighted a number of things that uh, we feel that were really um, sort of trendsetting in a way, uh, things that went over and beyond um, sort of what we had seen in previous agreements or what had already been negotiated and agreed to with the city. Uh, so, for instance, starting with 
um, the affordable housing. Already we knew that because they were doing the uh, tax credit program, 4% tax credits, they were at the 50% AMI, 20% of the units, you require that per ordinance. What could we do go over and beyond that? And so that is where actually my, my colleague, Ms. Logan, um, proposed the actual uh, Section 8 vouchers being a something that is a requirement that they must accept. So that was something, that was an example of uh, what is already required and then what can you add to it. Um, another um, component that's very much tied to the housing was the, the tenant's uh, right to renew um, for the affordable units. Uh, that was something that we saw that had not necessarily been in place with previous agreements. It was not something that is required by ordinance. And so we wanted to add to um, what has already was already in place. Uh, we already have the affordable units. We wanted that uh, renewal requirement to be locked in. Uh, when it looked at we looked at affordable housing, there's uh, many of these uh, developments have the affordable housing component. There's the requirement per ordinance. Um, it, but one of the things we looked at, and my colleague Mr. Williams, he he mentioned, well, what about parking? Uh, if you are a person that's paying the affordable rent can you afford to be able to pay the parking? And so that was something we looked at that had not ever been really addressed in any other agreement as relates to or, or in any of our ordinances. And so uh, we worked with the developer. That was an initiative that was brought to the table. Uh, again, that was sort of over and beyond something that was uh, sort of new and, and we hope is trend setting for, for future agreements. And then when you look at, we talked about the $100 million in direct spending. Um, our executive order talks about 30% Detroit-based Detroit headquarter, um, but it's primarily tied to construction. You know, the NAC, as we looked at it, we like, well, has there ever been or, or should we add something that talks about spending across the board? Because a billion-dollar project, you're doing more than just construction. You're hiring marketing. You're hiring caterers. You're hiring um, architects, yes, but you're also hiring accountants. And so... The $100 million uh, spend with disadvantaged businesses, that was something that we wanted to go over and beyond what's already in place with the executive order. Um, as it relates to the, the honoring our local culture and the history and the spending commitments, uh, there was a whole big thing about how do we make sure that they're very intentional in spending money on black art, uh, with black artists and black galleries and curators and, and with our public spaces honoring Paradise Valley and um, um, and, and Black Bottom and all of these uh, sort of placeholding uh, places that we wanted to make sure there was placeholding there and were recognized. And so that was something we uh, spent time with. Of course, the whole thing as relates to um, employment, a lot of that was all, is always built into a lot of these CBA agreements. But we wanted to make sure that we sort of went over and beyond that. And so I had uh, my colleague, Ms. Jackson, talked about Yes, we have Detroit at Works. Yes, we have Road Detroit Young Talent. But what about specific internships in various areas throughout uh, throughout all of the ecosystem of both Olympia and related um, for Detroit kids? You know, so we wanted to build upon where we had you know all of these other programs that great programs with job training and and apprenticeship trainings. But what can you add to that? And so there were initiatives added as it relates to the internships, working with uh, Wayne County Community College. Um, and, and so we kept, continued to want to build again, that, that was the theme. Um, accessibility, that was a big issue. Um, yes, you have to apply, you have to comply with ADA. 
Um, but what about going beyond what ADA requires and having enhanced accessibility uh, for those with disabilities? Um, and so again, that was another thing, a, a part of that theme. How do we add on to what is already required uh, and what we had not seen previously? Um, the creation of this uh, tenant improvement fund for disadvantaged businesses, that was important. There's 150,000 square feet of, uh, of retail that's going to be created by this project. Our thing was, well, okay, you're going to have 150,000 square feet of uh, uh, new retail, but we wanted to make sure Detroiters, in particular African-American, Hispanic-owned businesses and entrepreneurs, were going to get, uh, have an opportunity to be in that space. Because if you can't afford to build that space out, well, what good is it to say, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, you could be a tenant. And so the developer did come to the table, and we did, you know, um, negotiate having a, an allowance or an improve, tenant improvement allowance fund to help those entrepreneurs be able to occupy and be those tenants. And then lastly, um, the commitment um, for the developer to work with um, local developers um, and I'm unapologetic about, yes, you know, uh, I know it had been mentioned about, yeah, how we did want to focus on some business initiatives. Uh, that is the next level, next tier for us, especially as African Americans, is entrepreneurism, is development. And so they went and got related to be their partner. And we said, well, what about getting some people in Detroit to be your partner as well on some of these other lots that are not getting developed? And, yes, the developer stepped up and identified three uh, sites that will be, you know, to be identified sites to partner with local developers. And I'm not looking for that to be me. I want it to be one of our emerging entrepreneurs, our new young people. They could be part of District Detroit. And so these are just sort of some of the highlights. I know it's a, a pretty long document. And I want to yield my time to, um, to the others that are going to be speaking here. Uh, but I just wanted to give you a tone of sort of we, we wanted to start with, we didn't want to be redundant. We did back up and put belts and suspenders on some of the things that are required by ordinance or executive order. Um, and then we asked, you know, actually then each NAC member who actually had input and many of these initiatives came from across the board with all nine members and our alternate uh, to really add something additional uh, to this agreement. And, and we, we just, uh, we hope uh, that we did we did our best job for you. Uh, we serve sort of uh, at your leisure as appointees, either of the council or the planning and development department, and we have two elected members. And I just want to thank my colleagues uh, for all the hard work they put in. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so we've got a, a remarks from the chair, um, and I think that would set the tone for the, the NAC at this point. We will have an opportunity to ask questions, and um, other members of the NAC will have an opportunity to provide additional comment as we proceed, but I would like to get into the actual uh, what came about from those negotiations, conversations, and the agreement of the NAG. And so thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you, Aaron. So uh, first, on behalf of the Planning and Development Department, first we'd like to thank everyone who played a part um, in this CBO process. So the Mayor's Office, um, representatives from City Council, um, along with their staff, media services, the developers, Cast Tech, the residents, and last but certainly not least, the, the NAC. Your efforts to ensure that the community truly benefited from this ordinance really represents the spirit of Detroit, and we in PDD were honored to serve you during this process. Um, and so with that be, uh, being said, we will now talk about the actual CBO process. Uh, next slide, please. 
So just a quick overview of the CBL process. Uh, this process, first the ordinance was approved by Detroiters during the 2016 election, and it was amended by council in 2021. This basically is a process for developers to proactively engage with the community and to identify and address any project impacts when it comes to qualifying development. Next slide, please. And so since the implementation of the ordinance, we as PDD have completed 12 CBO tier one projects. Next slide. And most of those are in districts four, five, and six. So what triggers a CBO? First, it's $75 million or more in construction costs, plus either $1 million in city tax abatements or $1 million in the value of city property sold or transferred below market without competitive bidding. So for this particular project, thank you. Um, what qualifies it as a CBO is first $950 million in hard construction costs, a total investment of $1.5 billion. And I know that there have been a lot of public hearings related to uh, various parts of the project. However, what triggered this for the CBO was the request of a commercial rehabilitation property tax abatement under PA 210 of 2005 for a value of more than $1 million. Next slide, please. So what, how the process typically works, you have a neighborhood advisory, uh, which is comprised of nine residents from the impact area who meet with PDD, the developer and the community to address and identify project impacts. The NAC develops suggestions to the identified impacts and the developer responds. And what we have before you is um, the agreement in response to the impact with the next support. Next slide, please. And so for this particular uh, project, uh, we define the impact area as census tracts, and we see it on the map, 5225, 5217, excuse me, 5173, 5207, so all of those census tracts, as well as a portion of 5127. What does that mean in layman's terms? So to the west, we have the Lodge or M10. To the south, we have Michigan Avenue if you're west of Woodward. If you're east of Woodward, it is Monroe and Macomb. To the east, we have I-375 and I-75. And to the north, we have MLK if you are west of Woodward or Mack Avenue if you are east of Woodward. Next slide. Oh, actually, before we go, uh, leave this slide. Um, so what we made it a point to do is first, we mailed everything um, as far as the notice to residents within 300 feet. Um, so that's roughly uh, 6,400 households. Additionally, we served notices to individuals via gov delivery, social media, the city of Detroit website. Additionally, we shared our notices with the council members whose districts um, fell under this, um, excuse me, under this development. So that's Districts 5 with President Sheffield. We shared it with her office, as well as District 6 Council Member Gabriela Santiago Romero. Additionally, we shared it with our two at-large members to just, again, make sure that everyone, who, especially if you live in the impact area, that you were aware about the project and that you can remain engaged and informed throughout the entire process. Next slide, please. Additionally, we created a website which is www.detroitmi.gov 
backslash District Detroit. Um, so currently, um, our District Detroit uh, listserv has about a little bit shy of 550 subscribers. Um, the website was regularly updated um, where we held our meetings um, and all information related to this project. Um, and without further ado, I'd like to pass this to my colleague, Aaron Goodman, who can speak specifically about um, the NAC process as well as what was agreed upon by the NAC. Thank you. Thank you, you may, you may Thank you, Edwina, and uh, through the chair, if I may continue. Uh, appreciate everyone's time. I'll just speak uh, briefly about uh, the Neighborhood Advisory Council selection and uh, the process uh, that went forward from that. So as you are probably aware, there are nine members of the NAC and each are selected by different methods, two elected by the community, three appointed by council members, and uh, District 6 and the two at large in this case, and four appointed by planning and development. To be eligible, you have to be a resident of the impact area, at least 18 years of age. You have to be nominated at the public CBO meeting, and uh, you have to possess no conflicts of interest as defined by the ordinance. Uh, and this is our neighborhood advisory council. Uh, you've met some of them tonight. Some of them have also joined us, uh, I'm sorry, today. Some have also joined us online. Um, and I just want to share my appreciation for each and every one of them uh, who uh, have been participating uh, diligently throughout this, but here's the list of uh, neighborhood advisory council members. Also note that they established their own email address through which the public could contact them and they could receive comments throughout the process. Uh, so the District of Detroit meetings, uh, there were nine public meetings held in person at Cast Tech in the auditorium. And we also offered a hybrid Zoom option um, so that folks could follow along at home, could ask questions from home as well to allow maximum community participation. We had uh, nearly 400 unique individuals attend at least one of the public meetings. Uh, public comment was a part of each of those meetings with uh, 286 total comments and questions, which were uh, re recorded and received by the NAC, either in, in the meetings or by email or uh, public comment cards. Um, so we had meetings, and I'll run through them rather quickly, uh, starting on November 29th with the first introduction to the CBO and District Detroit projects. Uh, December 6th, we had the impact area residents vote for the two community-appointed members. Um, and then we had a winter recess because of the holidays. Um, during that time, the council members and PDD also made their selections for the NAC, and uh, we gathered the NAC members for an orientation um, before their official installment on January 6th, where uh, they received um, CBO meeting agendas, roles and responsibilities, examples of previous CBOs, uh, got to know each other, and also, you know, the ordinance outlined certain essential information that they are to receive, and we delivered that all to them. Uh, we came back after the recess January 10th with an in-depth presentation regarding the incentives package and Brownfield TIF plan from the DGC and the Brownfield Authority, and the development team shared a more detailed uh, project presentation. Um, January 17th, something we termed a, uh, a NAC working meeting. It was one of the public CBO meetings where the NAC really started doing their work and started discussing impact focus areas. Uh, January 24th, uh, the NAC uh, had more discussion with the developer asking some specific questions and dialogue around the project to further refine um, their priorities and the impacts. And we had city agencies also ask some specific questions um, around enforcement, around employment, and um, previous CBO agreements. Fine. Um, and then on January 31st, the NAC presented their uh, project impacts and community benefits requests uh, to the community and to the developer. So I'll just pause at that. So, you know, at that January 31st meeting, the NAC had basically identified 
Well, Mr. Goodman must have the same internet service I have at home. <laughs> so we'll give him a chance to hopefully buffer and clear up. Ms. King, you have anything you want to add? Uh, to so I can space? take over. Uh, I can take over for this part until uh, Aaron hops back on. Uh, so first, I forgot to mention my thanks. LPD and DGC. So charge it to my heart, or my head, not my heart, excuse me. Uh, so on that point, though, the NAC identified um, the following uh, impacts, impacts related to housing, employment, education and training, retail and local businesses, um, incubation, green space. And I think Aaron just popped off. So let me pull up my slide. Edwina, keep going. Yep. I have it. Okay, I have it. And so with that being said, let me see. Accessibility, traffic, parking, and transit. Here we go. Um, accessibility, health, and safety, transportation and parking, arts and culture, and green space. And so at the February meeting, um, the developer presented their community benefits proposal on the 14th, Valentine's Day. It was a continued development slash NA, or NAC discussion. And on the 21st of February, which was our final meeting, um, it resulted in the final resolution and vote on the proposed community benefits package. Additionally, um, the NAC felt it was important to host working sessions um, to allow for greater facilitation um, and discussion, as well as collaboration. So these were set, held, um, these working sessions were held via Zoom. They were noticed um, and the recordings were made available for later viewing. Uh, we see the dates that are on screen for that. And at the ninth, again, stated earlier, the ninth public meeting, the voting members of the NAC passed a resolution, excuse me, a motion in support of the community benefits package agreed to with the developer, pending the receipt of the final language. The final language was shared with the NAC um, and um, support and in compliance with the ordinance. And following that one week period, eight of the nine voting members signed the letter of support um, related to the community benefits provision. So first we have housing. Um, that is a $24.6 million investment in housing. First, there's an affordability agreement with at least 20 of the residential units, roughly 139, will be available to residents with incomes at or below 50% of the area median income or three, excuse me, $35,800 for a two-person household. The affordable uh, units are roughly $730, excuse me, $783 for a studio, one bedroom, $895, two bedroom, $1,007. Section eight vouchers will be accepted for all affordable units. Additionally, um, the NAC advocated for a right to renew with the developer um, who will refuse or will not refuse, excuse me, to renew leases for tenants in affordable units without good cause. 
Additionally, there is an on-site opportunity connector, which will provide housing information and resources for prospective residents of affordable units. Additionally, this was very um, important as well as a game changer. So accessibility design consultant. The hiring of an accessibility consultant to ensure that best practices um, meet or exceed American Disabilities Act requirements at each of the 10 projects, particularly with the residential units and public spaces. Employment, which amounted to, or which resulted in a $2.5 million investment. The executive order compliance. The developer will hire recruitment consultant to proactively achieve compliance and reporting with executive order requirements for hiring at least 51% Detroiters. And with that being said, uh, Mr. Goodman has returned. So if he would like to uh, continue this part of the presentation, the floor is definitely his. Thank, thank you, Edwina, Ms. Yeah. King. Thank you so much. Appreciate for you stepping in and everyone for uh, having uh, understanding the technology difficulties. So, oh, oh okay. Will oh, you keep sharing your screen? Absolutely. Just in case something happens to me again. Apologies okay. again. But I, I think, as Edwina was saying, um, we have the District Detroit Fast Track Program where uh, the developer will partner with Detroit at work to provide paid pre-apprenticeship training to Detroiters and also partnering with uh, WC3. Employers also committed to reduce barriers to employment uh, around not testing for legal substances during hiring and also uh, adhering to return to work and Second Chance Act practices uh, to allow people who are returning citizens an um, opportunity to work on the jobs. They're also uh, creating a council on construction operations to increase the retention of construction employment, focusing on site professionalism, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and also providing referrals to wraparound services. And again, that on-site opportunity connector uh, housing is going to be providing access to job opportunities. Next slide, please. Um, in the education and training uh, bucket, uh, $1.2 million worth of investment, including the renovation of the Cast Tech athletic fields, um, continuing participation with GDYT, uh, continuing to sponsor Project Destined uh, in a real estate development training program with uh, college and high school students, and also, uh, most uh, notably, an additional internship program providing at least 10 additional interns for Detroit graduates of Michigan College and colleges in fields such as real estate, marketing, et cetera, and that those are annually. Uh, next slide, please. Retail and local business incubation, uh, and this is where you see the, the um, specifically the $100 million uh, commitment to spend with disadvantaged Detroit-based owned businesses through the development process. Also, the establishment of a minority business uh, enterprise bond fund to reduce the barriers of small construction companies being able to bid and participate in the District of Detroit projects. A retail tenant improvement fund supporting the build out of uh, retail spaces uh, for disadvantaged and Detroit based and owned businesses. The co developer program, which was spoken to uh, by Chair Jackson, and also the Motor City Match uh, commitment by the city to. Uh, ensure that mercy match is available to projects in the district Detroit. Um, next slide, please. 
arts and culture equals just over a $3 million investment, including culturally relevant placemaking, particularly in the new uh, Columbia Street Plaza, uh, focusing on free events, focus on cultural celebrations and performances by local artists, a commitment to purchase local art, uh, working with the local arts community for their artwork that would be in the project's buildings and also public spaces, and um, active recognition of local history. Um, the developers are going to partner with the city and local experts to commission a study for commemorating local history and culture of the impact area um, that may recommend physical markers at the District of Detroit project sites, uh, and those would be the cost of those would be included in the development budget. Next, please. Uh, green space, uh, $25.8 million investment, uh, new public spaces, both at the Columbia Street Plaza and also the Innovation Center, uh, design charrettes to uh, ensure community involvement in the design and programming of those spaces. Uh, developers can provide a matching uh, funds for a planning grant, looking at the overbuild of uh, I-75, I think between Woodward and Cass, uh, to basically cover that section of the, the freeway and potentially become a new green space partnering with uh, the U.S. Department of Transportation on that, uh, a design study for the rehabilitation of Cass Park, and then also a contribution of funds towards the renovations in the John R. Watson Park over in Brush Park. Next slide, please. Uh, accessibility, health, and safety. Uh, you know, Through the DDA investment, there's going to be a design and building of new public infrastructure improvements in the District of Detroit, including street lights, sidewalks, street trees, crosswalks, and street resurfacing. Um, the accessibility design consultant, which was spoken to earlier, is going to be involved in advising uh, the developer in how to build those that are accessible and consistent with universal design practices. And also, importantly, construction impact planning. The developer will hold public uh, logistic kickoff meetings prior to the start of construction on each project and is going to post a semi-weekly, every two-week construction updates and maintain telephone hotline, email address, allowing residents to notify of any construction-related concerns and also post those on site. Uh, next slide. This should be the final bucket of uh, community benefits. Uh, the developer's gonna fund a parking management plan. This is a really important thing that was brought up by um, the residents uh, to look at parking impacts, uh, both current and ongoing from events and construction. Pairing that also with a traffic management plan. Um, the two separate plans, but they're gonna be working in tandem. Also, a very significantly subsidized parking for affordable residential units. Each affordable unit provided with one parking space that'll be uh, available at a 50% discount from the monthly market rate for each uh, unit of the affordable units in this project. Employee parking and public transit, a uh, developer is going to provide and require off-street employee parking, and a developer will reimburse employees uh, utilizing public transit and or bike share to commute to and from work. And finally, uh, through discussions, the city is going to install or replace up to 11 bus shelters on Woodward between Mac and Campus Martius. Uh, next slide. So I think you've seen a version of this chart before, but this is just the breakdown of the numbers of, for the investment in the different categories, both the different buckets and the different sources. So you'll know um, just under $12 million coming from the developer in new cash contributions or um, the value of their activities that are new to, uh, that weren't part of this project before. Um, also have incorporated about $104 million into their existing development operational cost. Uh, you are familiar with the DDA housing loan and the DDA infrastructure grant. And then the city, there's additional city support uh, through uh, Motor City Match, um, the John R. Watson Park, and also the bus shelters. 
And uh, with that, that will conclude our report on the community benefits uh, agreement and report. And thank you again to everyone, the NAC members most especially, and my colleagues. Thank you. All right, so that takes us to about 10 minutes <laughs> left until 11 o'clock. LPD, did you have anything to add uh, in a, your review of the document? Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Chair. Um, this honorable body has LPD's report on the CBO process as uh, dated March 3rd, 2023. Um, it gives a more detailed analysis from LPD. However, for the sake of time, I'll just quickly remark that uh, well, here's, here's LPD. The thing. We, got, we got 10 minutes. Yep. We're going to okay. bring these items back next week. There's no way because we still have the entire uh, project mm -hmm. to discuss in addition to this um, CBA. So take the time that's needed, um, Mr. Jeffrey, because this may be the last time you have a chance to have that type of discussion. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Chair. So I would just remark that uh, this was covered by myself, uh, Tim Marie Sweat and Roland Amadefeo from LPD. Um, we'll say that this process seems to have been fair given the current framework of this ordinance. Um, LPD's role is not to necessarily critique the final outcome of the benefits package. Um, that's the role of the NAC um, to address through their negotiations with the developer. Our role is generally to observe and help to ensure that the process is fair and facilitates a space for the NAC to be in its best position as possible using the framework that we do have. So when there were blaring holes in the process in the early days of the CBO, LPD highlighted those issues in our reporting. Many corrections were made as a result through the advocacy of this honorable body, uh, the community, as well as with partners um, at PDD and also other agencies. And while there, is never, there will never be a perfect process, our staff does recognize the continual improvements by PDD uh, that were displayed through this District of Detroit CBO process uh, we believe it created a more informed knack in their negotiations with the developer. So as we move forward, I think, um, you know, in addition to the details that we can go in, that you can read in our report, I think the focus should be on the enforcement efforts um, as we go forward. Um, that's one of the glaring things that came from the community. Um, they just want to have faith that things for those who are in support, they want to have faith that the things that are committed to will actually be carried out. And so while we know uh, Creo has been doing a great job and improving, and as we all are learning and improving in this process, uh, we would definitely recommend that, you know, the city as a whole begin to focus on the enforcement phase if this is to be approved. Um, this is, as this is one of the major concerns that came from the community. Um, just some general feedback that also came from the community. Um, also may have been um, in conjunction with some of the NAC members, uh, but, you know, those in support obviously supported because of the construction jobs, affordable housing that they believe will come forth from this project, um, and that it will support the local economy, but also want to lift up some of those things that may not have been captured. Um, you know, some folks, you know, thought about, had concerns about possible displacement, um, um, the company's history, um, and some also spoke to wanting uh, the uh, funds to be uh, inserted into the affordable housing trust fund uh, where it could benefit the, the city as a whole. Um, so just wanted to lift up some of those concerns that did come forth from the general public. However, again, LPD does believe that this process was fair and balanced um, and that PDD did a good job of facilitating this um, and that this, again, as was noted, is one of the 
largest community benefits to come forth thus far uh, through the CBO processes uh, from what we've observed. Last thing I would note is that one of our remaining questions um, that we have expressed to the developer and the administration is regarding uh, one of the line items in the CBO package, and that is regarding the development or operational costs, um, that being a line item of approximately $104 million. And uh, our questions specifically regarding that line item uh, is what, you know, what these development or operational costs are and how do they benefit the impact area? Uh, what is the timeline for the investment uh, for that line item, for that expenditure? Um, and if it's for the community, how would that be uh, invested and or distributed to recipients? And so that's one of the uh, areas we just need to further, uh, further uh, answers on. Um, in addition to many of the other questions that we've asked that the developer has been responsive to and administration has been responsive, responsive to, that's one of the last things uh, that we had to ask of them um, from the CBO process. So that's our comments. Um, you can get further detail in our report and we're here to answer any questions. Thank you. So Mr. Jeffrey, just for clarity, you said those, that is an outstanding question that, that you still have to uh, get yeah. responses to, or that you're- So we have, we, thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, we have received some responses, but we also believe that uh, it would be good if the developer, we did prepare them for this and let them know that we will be asking this so that it wouldn't be a surprise. But I think it would be good uh, to elaborate on that um, for the public's sake, um, as well as your honorable body, and so that we can get even further clarity during these deliberations. So what we want to do, uh, Mr. Jeffrey, can you reduce that those questions to writing? That way everyone will have an opportunity to review it and, and understand it. Because, again, we are now in five minutes before the budget hearing. Mm -hmm. So we will not be able to dig into this as we want. Uh, but I will at this point. And it, any it, further comments from LPD? That would end our comments, Mr. Chair. Okay. So I want to give the, the NAC members who took the time to be here as well an opportunity to speak. Um, and we'll start here. If you have anything that you uh, want to add, we'll start with the NAC members who are, are currently in the Committee of the Whole, and then we'll go to those who are on online. And again, remember, we have five minutes until the next uh, session. Here. Yeah, I want to give my uh, colleagues opportunity to speak. I just want to thank uh, the, the council and the city for all their support in this process administratively uh, working with us uh, to be able to connect with the community. We look forward to coming back to help um, maybe give clarification uh, relative to anything that's in this agreement and get into more of the specifics. Anyone else? Oh, anything? Ms. Logan? Yes. I'm Barbara Logan, and I'm a NAC member and the only one who voted against the, the proposal. And there are several reasons I voted against it, but the main one is be, due to the economic benefit that I don't see. I believe that the developer touted that they will provide 12,000 jobs in, in, in construction, 6,000 permanent jobs in hospitality, and those figures to me are exaggerated. 12,000 jobs is more than the casinos, Stellantis, and Ford put together. They don't provide that many jobs. 
as a result of that, as a result of that, um, I just think this, that is unattainable to to provide that many jobs, and not only that that many jobs, but to say that they're going to employ 51% Detroiters in those jobs has not happened before, and I don't think it'll happen now. And I think that the developer realized that and kind of backtracked on that. And so that's where the fast track um, program came in, and that's a training program. So that does not provide jobs. And if it doesn't provide jobs, it doesn't provide income tax. So if it doesn't provide income tax, where are we getting our money back from if, if we, we don't even employ Detroiters and rather non-Detroiters who make their money here and take it somewhere else to spend. I don't think that... There's a few of them. I just want I got to make you. sure that. I got you, but I, I want to make sure as the chair, I allow okay. her to Thank continue you, your statement. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Chair. Um, so that was the main problem I had with it. The economic benefits is, don't seem to be attainable or or we didn't find a solution for that we 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 still haven't said they still haven't said that where they're going to how are they going to provide jobs and that's and that that's the main thing for for 18,000 jobs and then they're going to provide 6,000 permanent jobs in hospitality those permanent jobs in hospitality don't make $16 an hour so they're not going to guarantee that they they're going to pay $16 an hour or even $15,000 an hour so they're not going to if they don't make $16 an hour they won't be the, the the people who are employed won't be able to afford these affordable housing N not to affordable housing which is only 139 houses or units and we got 6,000 people in the in the impact zone so that's unrealistic to say they're going to provide affordable housing and it's unrealistic to uh, for jobs thank you is there anyone else from the NAC who would like to speak uh, in this last minute and a half that we have left uh, mr. Howring you have a minute and a half okay how's it coming this is the first time I've been a panelist um, so I kind of want to say I partially disagree with my um, what my colleagues said. Um, a lot of these jobs, hospitality, I mean, they're more than just being a wait. I mean, you get chefs, caterers, um, and I believe there um, is a culinary program at um, WCC. So you really definitely have a lot of options, and that's just one part of the jobs that will come from it. And I also want to echo um, the one thing I love about this NAC is public transit's involved. Um, on my way to the uh, first NAC meeting, I saw two elderly ladies waiting at a bus stop I, in the rain, which had absolutely no shelter. So I just wanted, I just knew whether I would be elected or not under the NAC, I would fight to make sure there is public transit and there is bus stops by the district. And, you know, I just am very appreciative that they're going to put bus stops from Mac all the way to Campus Martius. I mean, 
I'm just grateful for that because, you know, if you wait at one of those stops in the rain, I mean, it, it can be brutal. And I'm also really appreciate that they're um, giving free bus fare to um, their employees. Um, I know that um, some companies do that, but very little. Um, I think that's very important too. Um, I do personally still think that um, they should have went more with hotels and housing than office space. But I mean, it's hard to predict um, the next five, 10 years. So um, I pretty much want to say, I mean, it's not a perfect deal, but I think altogether it is a good deal. And I really hope you guys approve it. <laughs> Thank you. And Mr. Harwin, I also would like to recognize that you also made comment during public comment as well. So uh, that is duly noted. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up um, at this moment. Ms. King, you have uh, the floor before we wrap up. Oh, I just wanted to thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, note that Mr. Eddie Hall, his camera is off, um, but he does have his hand raised, as well as acknowledge uh, Deirdre Jackson. Um, who's a member of the NAC? She's in the audience. So yes, ma'am. Yep, saw her here. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to move on. Uh, and I thank everyone for joining us today. And hopefully, all who were present today can actually join us again next week, mm -hmm. because that's when we'll actually get into the meat and potatoes, as they say, of this uh, document, as well as all of the rest of the public hearings that we have uh, for those incentives. Uh, Madam President. Okay. All right. Colleagues, uh, is there a motion, please, to bring back, uh, let's see, line items 5.1 through 6.2 in one week? So moved. Seeing no objections, we shall bring back line items 5.1 through line items 6.2 in one week. Seeing no objections, that action shall be taken. All right, thank you, colleagues. Is there a motion to adjourn? So moved. Seeing no objections, that action shall be taken. Thank you. Thank you Thank all. You.